Good morning. So I haven't done this in a few years, so if I say something odd or whatever, you'll just have to uh, bear with it. Um, if I see any of you guys later on um, with your heads bowed, I'll know you guys are lifting me up in prayer. So, so today we're going to talk about heaven. So some people think that Eden is, is heaven restored. Some people think that Montana is heaven. Now, I didn't clear this with the elders, but I'm going to make a controversial statement. Montana is not heaven. I have evidence, actually, for that, for that uh, biblical evidence. Um, for those of you that follow the Jewish calendar, today is the start of, well, tonight, actually, Sunday is the start of the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Tents, where the Israelites would live in tents for a week. How many people are want to live in a tent tonight? It's cold out there. Okay. Eden and heaven do have some things in common, however. Um, both of them, a river ran through it. <laughs> Cherubim in both. But heaven is better than Eden. You see, Eden had its troubles. One of, the, one of the interesting things about, about uh, heaven is we know that in heaven there won't be any marriage, but in Eden it was made for marriage. Eden also had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In heaven, we will not be tempted. Eden is a shadow. So what does it mean to be a, a shadow? Babies experience everything with five senses, right? You ever wonder why they put everything in their mouth? because they don't know what it tastes like yet. Everything's experienced with five senses. A shadow doesn't have a taste or a smell or a sound like anything or feel like anything. It is only an outline of what we see. It's a 2D representation of a 3D reality. In Hebrews 8, 1 through 5, we read, Now the main point in what has been said is that this, we have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand at the throne of the majesty in heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which is the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed both to offer gifts and sacrifices, so it is necessary that a high priest also have something to offer. Now, if we were on earth, we would not be a priest at all, since there are those who offer gifts according to the law, who serve as a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things, just as Moses also just as Moses was warned by God that he was about to erect the tabernacle, for see, he says, that you make all the things according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. The tabernacle also was a shadow of heaven. Now, for most of us here, not being Jews, this is about as close as we could get to the tabernacle if we were in those days. Now, if you were a Jew, you could go up into the courtyard, see the middle there, there's the altar there, where the people would come up and they'd slaughter their sacrifice. And for the most of them, that's as far as they ever got. A little further in is the basin where the priests would wash. Not the rest of the Israelites, just the priests. And then you see up there, the tent in the middle. Nobody went in there except for the priests. In, the, in, that, in that tent was the holy place. And the, there would be a table on one side of, of the bread of the presence. There would be 12 loaves, one for each of the tribes of Israel. 
On the other side, there'd be the, the, the lampstand. But you know what? Even if I was an Israelite, I'd never see that. Ever. And then, beyond that, there's this curtain, and on that curtain is cherubim. Like the Garden of Eden, the cherubim guarded the Holy of Holies. No entrance. But the, holy, but the high priest, once a year, would go in past the cherubim. Better than Eden, we went past the cherubim. And they would, they would see, they would go into the area where the Ark of the Covenant is. But none of, none of us, none of the ordinary priests, would ever get to see that. In fact, when they would tear down the tabernacle, the, the sons of Kohath would put this cloth over it. And all you'd see is this blue cloth. That's all you get to see. Solomon's temple was built in the same basic structure as a tabernacle. Things were larger, right? If you, if you were trying to carry around Solomon's altar, it's a bit heavy. It's a bit large, right? So this being a permanent structure, it didn't need to be portable. You know, everything was made larger, more permanent. An interesting thing, though, is that the cherubim move out one level in Solomon's temple. You see on the door of the tabernacle, or on, the, on the, the door of the temple, cherubim were carved in there. And when the priests went in to, to, keep, to tend the lamps, to tend the table of bread, then ordinary priests at that point were going past the cherubim. Our main text today is Psalm 84. For the choir director on the Giddith, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even the altars, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you, Salah. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessing. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Salah. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon your, the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand in the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and mercy. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. Starting out this psalm, for the choir director on the Giddith, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Well, who was Korah? Who are the sons of Korah? If you remember in Numbers, there were several rebellions that Moses had to deal with. One of those rebellions was the sons of Korah, being priests, sons of Kohath of the high priestly group. The sons of Korah led a rebellion against Moses, saying, why, why are you so special, and why is, why is Aaron, his son, so special? 
So they put censers. They put their altar in the censers, and God, they went in there to God, and God burned them up. Who were the Levites assigned to be singers? So this is interesting. You think that the sons of Korah writing psalms, they wrote, a, they wrote several of them, they'd be the singing group. Well, no, they weren't, actually. Asaph, Hermon, Jeduthun, those, the sons of those priests, um, David set aside to be singers. And if you read the psalms, you'll see those names several times throughout, throughout the psalms. So what were the sons of Korah assigned? When David reorganized the worship in preparation for the building of the temple, he gave these jobs to these different, to different sons of Levi. The sons of Korah and the sons of Merari were gatekeepers. Their job was to make sure that none of the Israelites went into the holy place and died. That was their job. Gatekeepers guarded the entrance to the holy place. Gatekeepers did not enter the holy place. His job, he didn't get to see anything more than any of the other Israelites. Their job was to guard the gate. The sons of Korah were descendants from Kohath, the Levites in charge of the holy things. If Korah hadn't rebelled, this group here might have been some of those that got to go in and see the holy things. But rebellion has consequences. The sons of Korah were not in charge of the holy things. Going back to the psalm, verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in tents of the wicked. As a son of Korah, it is better to stand on the threshold of the temple than to be those outside. Think about that. Even though his position was demoted because of his ancestor, it's better to be that than the others. The sons of Korah were further in, closer to God's throne than the other Israelites. Verse 84. This is the funny part. Verse 3. The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and King. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are forever praising you, Salah. The birds are better off than the gatekeepers. They nest in the holy place. Any Israelite that went in there would be dead, but the birds, the birds... We're in the holy place. We have a future that is better than the holy place because the holy place is a shadow of heaven. Think about that. So what is heaven like? Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders saw God on a pavement of sapphire. You ever wonder how they knew what the cherubim looked like? God showed them. Isaiah saw a seraphim that cried out, Holy, holy, holy. Night and day, right? Ezekiel saw the vision of God riding on the cherubim, right? Those strange creatures in the first chapter, in the tenth chapter of Ezekiel. But John records the best description of Revelation. Starting in Revelation 1. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God 
who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw the seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw the one like the Son of Man, clothed in, ro- in a robe, reaching to his feet, and girded, with, girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were like wool, were, were white, like, like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. And his feet were like the burnished bronze when it, made, when it was made to glow in the furnace. And his voice like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held the seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last, the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Therefore write these things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. Skipping to Revelation chapter 4. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and the one sitting on the throne, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a, and he who was sitting was like jasper stone, and sardius in appearance. And there was like a rainbow around the throne, and emerald in appearance. Around the throne there were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. Out from the throne come flashes of lightning, sounds and peals of thunder, and there are seven lamps and fire burning before the throne, and there are seven spirits of God, And before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had the face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they do not cease, saying, Holy! Holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders who fall, will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your, and because of your will they existed and were created. The middle part of Revelation, we see the judgments of God. This first, the first part of Revelation we, led, we read is a lot like the Old Testament passage we read. We've got these strange creatures, the cherubim, the seraphim. We've got a vision of God that looks a lot like the vision that Moses saw, that Ezekiel saw, that Isaiah saw. But the later part, which we'll get to in a second, is different. In the middle of this, of course, is the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowls of the wrath of God are poured out. The earth is destroyed, wickedness is punished. When all of that is finished, though, after the great battle, when Satan is, is, you know, 
captured, thrown into the, to the abyss, all those things. Here's a description of, of heaven as we will experience it. Chapter 21. <clears throat> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and that they should be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more no longer any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write these words. Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to those who thirst from the springs of water without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And he carried me away in the spirit in great, to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And having the glory of God, her brilliance was like the very costly stone, a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates. <clears throat> And at the twelve gates, angels, the names were given to them, which are the names of the twelve sons of Israel. There were three gates at the east, and three gates at the north, and three gates in the south, and three gates in the west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The material on the wall was like jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. And the foundation stones of the city were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, and the sixth sardius, and the seventh chrysolite, and the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, and the tenth chrysophase, and the eleventh jacinth, and the twelve amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and, the lamp is its lamp, and, the, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its lights, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, into the day to, in the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and, there will, and they will bring glory and honor unto, of the nations into it. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street. On either side of the river there was the tree of life, bearing the twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations." There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve him, and they will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night. 
and they will not have any need of light of a lamp, nor will the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine it, and they will reign forever and ever. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy of this book. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's the biblical description of heaven. I know it was kind of long, but think about it. What a beautiful place. I, for one, think it will be better than Montana. So, if you're a Christian today, I want you to think about this. And I I skipped some portions because, you know, we don't want to miss the potluck, right? (laughs) But it's a beautiful place and it's a beautiful vision. And and sometimes we get so so tied up in our troubles that we forget where we're going. So I want to encourage you, if you're a Christian today, remember where you're going because it's worth it. All of it is worth it. If you're not a Christian today, today is a good day to get your name written in the book of life. Also a a reference in Revelation. Because those that are saved have their name written in the book of life. Today is a good day, if you're not a Christian, to make that decision, to know where you're going. I want to be like, like Paul when he writes to Timothy. This is what I want to say at the end of my life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. We're going to sing a song, and if you want to get your name written in the Book of Life, there'll be elders in the back. Come find somebody. Come find who brought you, and we'll show you how that works.